All right, so we have to try this on a different phone. I was told last night in the middle of the recording the voice faded. Uh, please, as a favor for anyone else that listens afterwards, if my voice starts to fade, let me know, and I could try to see what I can do. Um, this class tonight is dedicated in honor of Itzabela Basarifka for her birthday. Gimel she bring her much breakfast. Some weird clicking sound. I hope no one's touching the phone. There's a weird clicking sound. Okay. Um, we are holding in the second half, or you might say last third, of Chapter 15 of Tanya. What did we do thus far? We said this entire parak is based on a pasuk of Malachi, which discusses or enumerates the tzaddik, one end of the spectrum, the rasha, and in the middle, two types of benonim. A benoni who's called an oyved elokim, and a benoni who's called a lo avado, a worker and a non-worker. And we said, how could you be a benoni and a non-worker? And we explained yesterday I hope this was part of the class that was clear, that a worker is someone who has, as we would call them, normal range tithes, normal range temptations, who finds it hard to discipline himself to learn, who finds it hard to discipline himself within the structure of the rules of mitzvahs of Yiddishkeit, but he overcomes all that. He's a worker. What's his work? He's creating a love for Hashem. And through creating this love, the power of creating the love is so intense, it can overcome all of his natural inclinations, and he can be a man, he's a worker. A non-worker is someone who has a much easier personality. He's a more personality, which means he likes to learn, he likes to follow rules, he's not so tempted. So for him, he doesn't have to do the work of creating a love for Hashem. If he uncovers his natural love, that's enough of a push to be a Benoni because there's not so much in him that opposes it. Of course, if this person did not uncover his natural love, he would not be a Benoni. And we probably know people of this personality type that are not Benoni. But the power between him and his natural state and the Benoni is not so vast. And that's why the force of the natural love, uncovering the natural love, is enough to make him a Benoni. Today, the author ever connects this or deepens this discussion by looking at the Gemara on this pasuk. In connection to this, the Gemara explains what does it mean a worker and a non-worker. And the Gemara says a worker is someone who reviews his learning 100, uh, 101 times. A non-worker reviews his learning 100 times. What do we mean? Oh my gosh, you're reviewing your learning 100 times and you're not a worker? If my students can do it three times, they will consider themselves, you know. In those days, almost everything was oral, oral. And they were trained to review everything a hundred times. That was their nature. So even though reviewing a hundred times is an enormous mastery of the material, and an enormous feat of discipline and learning and concentration and focus, but since this is their nature... It's considered a non-worker. So now we're getting into a 
different level, a different dimension in the concept of worker versus non-worker. What we said until now was the worker has to create an intellectual love to overcome his natural inclinations, and the non-worker only has to uncover his natural love. Now the Rev is saying the underpinnings of this is a non-worker could be doing amazing things within his box, within his nature, within his habits, within his training. And therefore, even though it is amazing to hazard your learning a hundred times, but you're a non-worker because that's what you're used to. A worker? A worker is someone who hazards it a hundred and one. What's the big difference? One more time when you already reviewed it a hundred times? The difference isn't the quantity. We could do the same thing and say a non-worker is someone who uses learning three times and a worker is someone who does it four. The point is escaping the boundaries and limitations of your habits. So in the beginning of the chapter, we said work is from eros mu'ubadim, refining the animal skins to become the parchment of a tyro. And now we're saying the process of that is escaping the limits of our habits and nature, even if those habits and nature are quite good. So if you're accustomed to saying all of Chumash with Rashi and paying attention and learning it each time, that's amazing. But if this is your norm to escape those limits, you have to go even beyond that. And even do a little more that just pushes you out of the box of your limits. In the Gemara, to understand this concept that a non-worker is reviewing his learning a hundred times, the Gemara gives a muscle. So this is a muscle of the Gemara. And the Gemara says, in those days, it was rent-a-donkey. So in the rent-a-donkey market, you hired a donkey for one day's work, which meant to travel ten Persian miles for one coin. If you said, no, 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 I need a donkey to go eleven miles today, not ten, then the person would say, fine, double money, give me two coins. It's only one more mile. You're allowing him to go ten miles for one coin for one more mile, you're charging me double money? And what's the answer? It's not what he's used to. The donkeys are trained, they get up in the morning, crack of dawn, walk the ten miles, it's dark, they did their job. You want to push him to get in the eleventh mile? That's pushing him past his limits. That's going to take a lot of wear and tear on this donkey. Double money. So we see from this muscle, of course there's many spiritual dimensions, and it's a muscle for, and 10 and 11 I can explain on many mystical levels, but the, but the simple, because we don't have time for all that, the simple basic shock meaning here is 10 miles is a tremendous amount. Well, 11 is just one more. But he's not used to it. So when you go beyond your nature, it changes the whole to the degree that's worth double money. The Maharsha on this Gemara, he's, he has a comment on this, and he says, why did the donkey owners charge double money? Because to get the 11th mile in, I mean, you're only having the donkey walk during daylight hours, and it was a day's walk, 10 miles. So to get the 11th mile in, he has to walk faster all day long. So you're really putting a lot of wear and tear on this donkey, and that's why it's double money which in the spiritual dimension means when you push yourself to go beyond your limits, to go beyond your norm, it's not just in that one area of Yiddishkeit, I'm, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be alive, I'm going to feel animated. 
it's going to affect the total, all the rest of my spirituality, all the rest of my day also won't feel the dullness of routine. It will all be alive and energized by that one extra mile. And the rabbi says, this is an Ivid. An Ivid Elohim is someone that's changing the nature of his habits, even if those habits are good habits. Conjuring a hundred times is amazing. But it became a habit. It became a box. It became a limitation. It became a prison. Now, spiritually speaking, how do you do it? How do you overcome your, your good habits and go beyond? So the Rebbe says, to do this, you really need to pull out a lot of love for Hashem. You need that force of love. If you think about the greatness of Hashem, and then you're going to create this love, and through this love, you will have enough inner push, inner drive, to go beyond your nature. So at this point, we sort of see two factors in what makes one an Ovid. Creating a love, because before we said that was the crucial difference, the critical difference. If you create a love, you're an Ovid. If you uncover your natural love, you're not. And now we're saying the crucial factor is an Ovid is someone who goes beyond his limits, which, as I said two days ago, this chapter is so practical because all of us aspiring Ovidim all of us people that want to have the light of Hashem shining in us, this is a very powerful tool. Not necessarily to look at ourselves and see, oh, I'm doing this wrong. You're a good person. You're doing right. But we get stuck in our boxes, in our routines, which become sort of numb, complacent, casual, the norm. The fire and passion is gone. The edge is gone. And we reclaim that by going beyond our limits. At the end of the chapter, the Rebbe says it's possible. Even if someone only uncovers his natural love, that through this natural love he's fighting his Yetzirah, and therefore he's finding himself and going beyond his limits, he's also an Isaac. So the final thought of the chapter is, ultimately, the ultimate significant point is not which love are you using to serve Hashem? Are you creating a love or are you uncovering your natural love? The critical factor is, are you doing a Veda? Are you changing yourself? Are you going beyond your limits, including good limits of Kedusha? And each one of us, I'm sure, can find those good limits within Kedusha. And here we're being told, you want to do a Veda? You want to break past your barriers? Take something you're doing and demand more. A healthy stretch that will wake up not just that one area, but wake up the whole. If anyone has any questions, please press star six. Okay. So it's a Bela. You should be benched with a year of nachas and health and brachas and we should be all to dance together on your birthday in your shalim.